Do you understand what it means to be loved? I mean, do you understand that, that feeling? Because in reality, I mean, everybody wants to be loved. And I think it's something we all struggle with. We all want to be shown love and acceptance. I mean, that was, that's what I had to, 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 to deal with, especially in high school. Um, I didn't like myself. I had an inferiority complex. I didn't think other people liked me. I definitely didn't think the girls liked me. But I wanted to be shown love and acceptance. And, to, and then to rather than say, man, I'm really, hey, everybody, I'm struggling with inferiority complex. I would just act out and I'd get attention. And I, I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, I, like me and a friend of mine, we'd take ketchup containers from McDonald's and we, we'd fold them up and stick them underneath the toilets in the school. And, and, and they would just, when people sat on them, they just exploded. And we'd go back at the end of the day. We just thought that was so cool. Anything for attention. You know, uh, I used to work at a Andromeda house. Uh, it's a, it's a uh, residential treatment facility for girls. They're placed there by the courts because of behavioral issues. And there was this one girl that was in, in, uh, in the program. Her name was Trisha. And she came into the program when she was like 15, a little past 15. And now she's 17. She's moved up the, in the program. And the goal is to, you know, get them to the new phases till eventually that they're going home with their family, if not both parents, then at least one of the parents, or if not the parents, then with a grandparent or some relative. But Trisha, her, her family didn't want her. I mean, we didn't know what, what we were going to do with her when she finished the program because she didn't have a family to go home to. Now, fortunately, the teacher that taught the girls in, their, in the program she, she really grew fond of Trisha. I mean, she really was a likable girl. And the teacher's like, you know, my husband and I, we've been talking, we would like to adopt Trisha. Boy, that's, that's great. I mean, what a, I mean, what a great blessing that is for them because they couldn't have children and for Trisha because she didn't have a home to go to. So we started the process. Trisha started to go uh, stay at their house during the day, then it worked up to an overnighter, then it worked up to a weekend, and then it worked to where we got her enrolled at a school that would be near the house once she moved in permanently and was adopted, and she started to stay during the week and going, you know, getting up in the morning, getting on the bus, going to school. I mean, things were just moving along so well. I mean, it just was exciting to see the progress occur. And this one particular morning, Trisha got up just like routine, got on the bus, went to school. Mom went to her work. Dad went to his work. But lo and behold, the dad, once he got to work, he's like, oh, I left some important papers at home. So he thought, well, I'll go home and have lunch, and I'll grab the papers and bring them back. So lunchtime came. He goes home. He pulls in the driveway, and, and there's a vehicle already in the driveway. And he's like, what? What is going on here? Why, why is your vehicle in here? Well, he goes in the house. And lo and behold, Trisha is in her bedroom with her boyfriend. Need I say more? I mean, the dad was devastated. I mean, this was the last thing he expected to happen. And of course, when future mom finds out, she's devastated. That's the last thing she expected. 
And Trisha's devastated because she knew she did wrong. And what made it worse was a couple days later, the parents called the program and said, listen, we don't want to adopt Trisha anymore. And now, now Trisha's really devastated. And she knew, I mean, she knew she messed up. But now it's like, now the opportunity is gone. And now her behaviors just went down, like down the toilet. She just started acting out. Um, one particular day, she got the girls to join in with her. Um, they went into Trisha's bedroom and they put the bunk beds up against the bedroom door. They put the dresser in between the, the bunk beds and the wall so nobody could get in. And they're screaming obscenities, obscenities <laughs> out on the street. We're on the second floor. They just opened their window and they're just screaming and swearing at everybody going by, whether they're walking or driving or whatever. And uh, this went on for about a half hour. And every time we're like, come on, open the door, da 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 da, they're like, blankety blank, you know, they're just. Finally, one of the executive staff came with a ball peen hammer and he says, okay, girls, you got 10 seconds to start moving furniture. If I don't hear furniture moving, I'm just gonna break this door down. And they're like, yeah, obscenities, blah, 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 you this, da 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 da. And 10 seconds were up, boom, he put a hole in through that door. And I'll tell you what. The girls couldn't move that bunk bed fast enough. I mean, they're, they're just all moving fast. Now, I am ticked. I mean, I'm mad through this whole process. My, my, my energy, my, my, my heart, <laughs> it's, it's getting burning. And uh, my face is probably red because I am mad at Trisha because I know she's the ringleader and I just want to get her out of there and isolated from the group. So when we finally got so we could get that door open enough, I went in there and I'm like, where's Trisha? And they said, she went out on the roof. And I'm like, oh, this, this is great. So I go into the other room where the window is and I see her sitting out there. And uh, just use this chair here. So she's sitting out on the roof and I could see her and she's got her feet propped up, her head in between her legs and she's, she's crying. And it was like the spirit of God just came on me and I just felt like he said show mercy show love so I stood there for a little bit and uh, I put my head out the window and I said Trisha is it okay if I come out you know I want to go out there you know if she's going to jump off the the roof and she mumbled something and I go Trisha is it okay if I come out she said I said no like oh okay so or no <laughs> she said I said yes I'm like oh okay so I you know I crawl out on the window I'm walking down on the roof and then I'm like Trisha can I sit next to you because I don't want to like get close to her and have her do some karate chop kaboom doom, 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 doom. Boom. you know that's that's the last thing I wanted so I'm like Trisha is it so okay if I sit next to you and she shook her head yes so I sat I sat down next to her She's still sitting there with her head in between her legs. And it's quiet. Nobody's saying anything. She's just crying. And again, the Spirit of the Lord just said, show mercy, show love. So I turned to her and I said, Trisha, listen to me. I love you. She didn't do anything. Trisha, listen to me. I love you. 
And she just like turned and she just grabbed me and embraced me and she just started to cry and she held me for what, probably 10 seconds. And you know what, that, that's a long time. I feel like that's, that's our life sometimes. We just want somebody to just, just to turn to us and say, listen to me. I love you. And for me, I didn't get that a lot from, from people. And, and sometimes we don't get that from, from the people that we care about, the people, and, you know, whether it be in school or at work or wherever, we're, we're looking for somebody to love us. And we feel like we're rejected, we're put aside, we're bullied, we're whatever the case may be. But I just want you to know something. I just want you to know, and I want you to just think about this. God is looking at you today, and he's saying to you, listen to me, I love you. The devil, through his his deception and his lies. He tells us all kinds of garbage stuff that makes us feel that we're less than we really are, that we're insignificant, that we're, we're worth nothing. And we start to believe his lies. We start to believe the lies of the bullies or whoever it might be. We, we believe it. And God is saying, listen to me, I love you. All this crap on the outside that's coming at you, that's not from me. I don't care what your past was. I mean, I care about your past because lots of times our past is a damaging past, but I don't care what you've been, been through as far as decisions you've made that were poor decisions. I, don't, I mean, I care about your struggles, but I don't care about your past in regards to what's available to you today and for your future. Because today God's saying, I, I want to embrace you for who you are today. All the garbage that you bring into your life and stuff that's happened to you, I want you to just bring it to me and let me love you. Because you're significant, you're valuable, and you're important. And God says, not only do I love you, but I have a purpose for your life. I want to use you. Look, God has used me to impact people's lives for the kingdom. And if, if you shot me back into high school, I'd say I would never be on stage talking to anyone about the Lord. God wants to take you and love you and use you for the kingdom. You're important, you're valuable, and you're significant. Do you understand? Today, God is saying to you, I love you.